Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. And welcome in everybody to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you for joining us here on this Wednesday evening or if you're listening in, listening in afterwards as well too. It is DJ and not joined by Kelsey this time as Kelsey is not available to join us today. But instead, I got our good friend, the fearless leader, the captain, the head honcho. He is captain now, Jared from the Corner Booth Podcast. And Jared, it's fun to have you back on our show again outside of the booth. I am so happy to be back, DJ. Um, shout out to Kelsey for giving me a heads up. And honestly, I was chatting with him at work this morning. He goes, yeah, I won't be able to make it on today. I'm like, hold on, let me hit DJ up, see what he wants to do. And, uh, DJ, and you sent me a topic. So I'm like, all right, bet three shows a week. Let's do this. Uh, right. I am happy to be back. Um, the topics there are going to be interesting from what I've seen. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm just happy to help out. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you. It's going to be a fun topic. We'll talk a little about your Eagles. We'll talk a little bit about some messes. We'll talk about a very fun weekend in sports. And maybe, just maybe towards the end, we might have a little bit, little bit of a rant or a little bit of a hot take. But we'll get to all of that here coming up shortly. But first, we're going to head off into our first segment that is known as the tip-off. And for today's tip-off topic, we're going to go to one that's very, very near and unfortunately dear to my heart as well as we're going to talk about the absolute mess that is the Indianapolis Colts as well too. And frankly, as we kind of talked about them as well, we saw they fired Frank Reich. They then brought it, not only did they fire Frank Reich, they decided to bring in Jeff Saturday to be the, the interim head coach for the next eight games after finding the offensive coordinator a week before that. And Jared is the outside voice here who has seen some soft rebuild slash soft reloads. I'm going to let you go and take this one. What the hell is going on in Indianapolis? Okay, so I've tried to figure out what the hell the Colts. So I have a unique perspective on this because, one, I am a huge fan, if you want to even call it, call it Stan, super fan of Pat McAfee, a former Colt, Colts insider, if you want to see one. He basically has Jim Irsay's ear. He has Darius Butler and A.Q. Shipley, two former like NFL guys, close ties to the organization. And the biggest thing when I look at the Colts, is I, since the Carson Wentz deal, I have kind of lost a little faith in Jim Irsay's decision-making. 
I think he is so ready to win now with that offensive line win healthy. Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, that defense went healthy. But the key word I keep saying, DJ, is win healthy. I think he prematurely got rid of Carson Wentz. I think Carson in Indy was a perfect spot. Small town, wholesome organization, away from the big city lights, big receivers they can chuck the ball to. He would have loved Alec Pierce this year. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. And he was getting really close to Michael Pittman. Like last year, my I, I lost to two twice to my buddy in fantasy because Michael Pittman went off for a game. So what kills me is that Jim Ursay prematurely pulled the trigger. They went out and got a Matt Ryan who was a shot fighter. He looks like Eli in his last year with the Giants. It's that bad. The decision-making's off. The arm strength doesn't look good. I don't know what it is this year. Father time is undefeated with quarterbacks this year, whether it's Rodgers, Brady, Matt Ryan, uh, who's another old quarterback who looks a little shot right Aaron now? Rogers, like Aaron Rodgers. Everyone, yeah, Stafford, Stat Pafford. Everyone <laughs> looks shot. Brady like reconciled it a little bit this week against, ironically, the Rams. But hmm. Rodgers throws three picks against the Lions, and now you've got freaking the Colts who put in Sam Ellinger. I'm sorry, guys. Horns down. They're not back. The Colts are terrible. And listen, I know how much it pisses the people off when do they do the you down shit. I hate that. So <laughs> Texas fans, I'm sorry. This is for effect. <laughs> Sam Ellinger wasn't a good quarterback in college. What makes you think he's going to be good in the pros? Me and DJ are both film guys. Okay? I watch way too much film. It's probably why I'm still saying <laughs> I watch probably at least three to four hours of film a week. And one of the times I actually got to watch Sam Ellinger's college tape. Then I watched some of his pro tape. I think it was yesterday because I had two PTO days. And what do I do on my PTO day? I watch film. I was going to try to watch Bailey Zappi versus Mac Jones to see if I was crazy about this whole Matt Patricia, mm. Matt Patricia conspiracy theory. That may be tomorrow's tape mm. after a corner booth's over. But what I saw with Elnger was bad reads, sloppy mechanics, horrible pocket presence, and inconsistent velocity on the football. And the biggest thing about Ellinger that always bugged me was – he was even the best quarterback on their roster last year, the year before that, when they drafted him, it was Jacob Eason. They let Eason walk. Now it's like Frank Reich refuses to put Nick Foles. And I don't know if Nick Foles just shows up to the practice drunk, but like to me, it would be a no brainer. Hey, we have a Super Bowl MVP as our third string quarterback who knows how to run our system. Screw it. We'll put Nick in. And Jeff Saturday might walk into practice tomorrow and say, Hey, uh, Foles, get in there. You're starting. Because I don't know what they're seeing with um, Sam Ellinger. I really don't. I, I I can't see if it's like a leadership thing, if they're trying to develop him. Because if the Colts keep playing the way they will, they, like Will Levis or Bryce Young or uh, who's the other one? that? Oh, Hayden Hooker is going to be wearing the blue and white next year. And I don't even like Hayden Hooker's tape. I'm really praying you guys get, um, get a shot at uh, Young or Levis because at least they're mechanics and they're like they're moldable. Where Hayden Hooker to me looks like another Derek King with a better arm and a little less sloppy mechanics. <clears throat> but I digress. When I look at the Colts and I, I see them hire Jeff Saturday, I swear they're they're pulling at straws. It's like the Eagles next year for something, everything else goes wrong, and they say, fuck it, Jason Kelsey, you're coaching. <laughs> one to be fucking hysterical because Jason Kelsey is a meme of a human and he's one of the smartest people in football. So is Jeff Saturday. And you don't believe me, centers are the smartest guys in the offensive. Smarter than quarterbacks, smarter than fullbacks, smarter than running backs, doesn't matter. 
but the problem is he was a high school coach two years ago. He was a advisor this year and last year. I don't know if Jim Irsay is trying to get some Dan Campbell and Miami magic going or what, but either that or he's trying to Ted Lasso this thing and basically mm-hmm. torpedo the whole season and get them freaking CJ Stroud, which honestly isn't the worst idea in the world. But the way the Saints are playing, the fact that we have the draft pick, Will Anderson, get in a Philly uniform, mm-hmm. man, let's do this. Yeah. But that's that's my honest outsider take on the Colts. I don't know what's happening. I You said pre-show you have a plan here. And I want to see this plan because I watched Ty Roseman shotgun wedding his way through two rebuilds. So post Chip Kelly and post Doug Peterson. So I think they need to just take a whole uh, – Chris Ballard needs to take a whole whopping Howie Roseman playbook and start from scratch because it looks ugly right now. Ugly is an insult. To, like what they're doing is an insult to ugly at this point. It's egregious. My thoughts on Jeff Saturday before I get into the random five-step plan I managed to muster up the last few days as in the pure shock value is – I think the only reason he brought in Satter is because, A, the offensive line's in shambles. So he's like, you know what? Let's bring in an offensive lineman because he ignores everything else that goes into a head coach. Like, let's bring in an offensive lineman to fix them. And, two, they are bros. They are really best bros. So he's probably like, all right, Jeff Satter, you get in there and tell me what the heck's going on. Why do we suck with seven pro bowlers from last year and then five from the year before? So it almost feels like, you know what, this season's done, even though they're not too far. They're like the 10th seed or something like that in the AFC, so a couple of spots out. He's basically saying, go figure out what's wrong so we could re- retool this thing. Do I need to fire Chris Ballard? Do I need to fire everybody? Who who needs to go? For, firing Frank Reich, I get it. It was bound to happen. End of the season, it was going to happen. Unless they had a magical playoff run from heck. But you don't do it right at, on a Monday in the middle of the season, a week after you fire your offense coordinator. So now there's nobody on your staff that's ever called plays before. They just pulled a random 30-year-old assistant who's I think was brought in in 2018 who's going to be calling the plays now. Literally, I could. I am calling plays right now, basically, as if I had a nice internship with the Colts and then walked up through it. That's pretty much what's going on right now. Which Sean McVay or Astro? There you go. Exactly. Unless he's secretly Matt Lafleur, Sean McVay, or Kyle Shanahan, or something like that, which I doubt it. How can you do that? I mean, with- you named two out of three bus coaches. I mean, the only one I consider a good coach is Sean McVay. But then again, I have a very high standard, so. Mm-hmm. And I rest my and exactly my point as well too. So even if he's not, if he he's not he two of those are busts and he can't even reach that level. That is to be seen. But you bring it, you bring in a ESPN analyst. We'll see what comes out of that. I have very low expectations. My guess is they go five eleven and one. They pull out maybe a random win over the Texans if they're lucky and they don't tie this time. And then mm-hmm. just the one random win throughout the year that makes no absolute no sense. That's every team does. I do think. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. I, I had a random thought. I'll say it after the, your sentence. And I was going to say, I am glad what you said about Sam Ellinger and J- Jacob Eason because I was hell-bent on the Jacob Eason. I, I was Jacob Eason season for a while. He's He has a lot of work to do. He probably would be in a similar situation now trying to learn on the fly. The playbook wasn't always sticking. His reads were a little erratic. Rocket of an arm, pretty decent movement, could hit every spot on the field. Pretty good accuracy when he's not rattled, which probably would have been shaky this year. But Ellinger, his absolute ceiling, if you roided him up, is Alex Smith. That's if you basically roided him beyond expectations. Better arm, less mobility, but I see, I totally see your point there. Like, that's yeah, like, like, he's a game yeah. manager with a better arm. And that's at his absolute peak. Like, that's if you get the okay. absolute best out of him. You're not going to beat Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes with that. You're not even going to get close. So, like, everyone, so everyone, like, said, um, we'll go to my Eagles for a second because, like, at least, like, this is like, we're talking about rebuilds, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen, everyone thought Jalen Hurts' ceiling was a poor man's Russell Wilson, but, Unlike Ross, Jalen's got like a little bit of that like 
that killer Kobe MJ where he doesn't get rattled. Like if you talk about Nick Sirianni talk, and this is a key to a rebuild. I think the biggest key to a rebuild in any situation is what your quarterback is. And if we, either if we're talking 2016 Carson Wentz or 2021 Jalen Hurts, Wentz, to his credit, was straight up killer instinct 2016 and 2017. That knee injury brought a hit the worst in him, and I don't think he ever recovered from it. With Jalen Hurts, I don't know what to make of it. It's something I haven't seen in football. The only people I've seen have this kind of like, I will kill you and do it with a straight face is Tom Brady. I've seen Rodgers do it on multiple occasions because Rodgers has no emotions. <laughs> and then I've seen um, Peyton Manning do it where they're like, you barely see the emotion until they get to the sideline. But Hurts has no emotion until he, like, he'll maybe do like this after those touchdown or he'll hype up his boy A.J. Brown or Devontae. But there's very little up and down. Everything's very calm. And it's a, it's a tone he sets, right? The key to every rebuild is a quarterback. Or an iconic level head coach. That's the only, like, the skew to that line. is that you, you can have either the, the quarterback that fits the culture you want, or you need a coach who is a genius, a la Belichick, a la Jim Harbaugh with the 49ers who were dog shit since Steve uh since Jeff Garcia left. Uh John Harbaugh with the Ravens. But then again, they had Ed Reed and Ray Lewis for the end of the career, so it wasn't the worst thing in the world. But like, and then uh Matt Ryan with the Falcons post Michael Vick hmm. are a couple examples. And there's two teams I missed on this year. If you go to my football prediction, I missed on three teams actually. Jacksonville, I missed on. I missed on the Falcons. I thought they were gonna be dog shit, and I missed on the Colts. I thought they were gonna be best team in the AFC South. I was wrong. Might be the worst team. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, the, the the Titans are the three-time lottery winner award this year because they just fall into wins, literally. Just blessed it. But I, I go back on my ADHD tangent right there. Hmm. With I think the biggest key to a rebuild is who is on their center. You could have all you could have a decent O-line, you could have great running back, you could have elite receivers. If you don't have the guy in their center who's going to lead you to a game, it's not going to work. This is why I think the Bears honestly are not in a bad spot because I think Justin Fields, we've all shit on him for the past two years. What I saw against Miami was not bad. It's not perfect, but the dude says, all right, I got this, and takes the game on his back. That's at least worth a win, a couple wins here, a couple wins there. That's worth inspiring your guys. Yeah, they have the, and honestly, the least talented roster in football is the Chicago Bears. Hands down. I would take, Two through 53, I take any other roster over the Chicago Bears. They only receive, they only have one good receiver. And I think one good tight end. I, and I think Khalil Herbert's okay, but he's a number two running back on most rosters. So yeah. I, I, I guess I, I rest my, and Eddie Jackson too, I guess I can't, I got to love to one of the best free safeties in the league. But <laughs> my point is the Colts need to stop this carousel. I think since I was a junior in college, They've had a new starting quarterback week one every year. I think it was Andrew Luck. Then he was missing a couple games. Then he's back. Then it's Phillip Rivers. Then it's freaking Carson. Then it's Jacoby or Reset. Then it's Rivers. Then it's Carson. Now it's Matt Ryan. And hopefully next year, it's CJ Stroud <laughs> or freaking Will Levis. But it's like at a certain point, you got to say the buck stops here. And I think unfortunately with the Colts, Jim Ursay keeps saying, oh, he keeps tinkering like Ruxin and just keeps swapping quarterbacks in and out. And he's hoping one will work. And he goes, you got to give it a minute. 
Yes, has he made the wrong calls? Yes. Honestly, his best shot was Carson Wentz. As much as I hate admitting that, he was the one who fit that system the best. Carson checking out of runs, not great, but I think it's also Frank Reich being a pushover. But I digress. 100%. And on top of that, Carson could actually move a little bit when that offensive line was shaky in pass protection. He can move. When he decides, for better and for worse, screw it, he out there somewhere, he can get the ball out there. Matt Ryan, when he says screw someone out there because I'm about to get smoked, it turns into a duck. It's an arm punt, and it doesn't go past the 20. But we pre- you pretty much hit on a lot of things I was thinking as well, too. A lot of those main things with them. You need something under center. I mean, for re- I lived in three different states and like five different zip codes since the last time they had a quarterback starting back-to-back weeks. Like it's, I was in college as well, too, because we even go back to when Scott Tolzien started the year. Andrew Luck was out. Oh, like my God. I, that's a name I haven't heard in years. <laughs> like it, it goes that bad. Like if we – you could go all the way back to, I think it was, I was, wow. I was also like a sophomore in college. The point is it's been a long time since you brought back a quarterback for a second stint, getting yeah. rid of Carson once. I understand that you, you wanted to kind of get a, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think, I don't know what they were thinking. Cause they clearly didn't have a plan. The backup plan was mm-hmm. oh ish in a quarterback week draft last year. When two years ago when Phil Burr's retired, you could have went and got Justin Fields. You could have went and got a Mac Jones or could have traded up for any of them, or you could have, Stuck with Carson Wentz and grabbed a left tackle. Instead, you grabbed the defensive end. But anyway, I'm going to get into my five-point plan here because I'm curious what your thoughts are. We're going to start with part one. you got to get the quarterback this year. We are, You touched on it. I think Bryce Young would be ideal. He might not make it past pick three, so Will Levis is obviously a good one. I think Hendon Hooker, you can take him, but you have to be patient with him. I think you can develop him if you have the right coaching with him because he has, he has the traits, the strong arm, the height, a little mobility, good down-the-field accuracy, but – as we saw against Georgia, which we'll talk about later, he's got some work to do still. And he's 24, I believe, right now, 24, 25. So you have to be patient. You have to realize the ceiling might not be quite as high with the other ones, but you could turn him into a really good quarterback. But there's there's a growing curve that's going to be a little bit different than the other ones. But ideally, we'll say Bryce Young. We'll say they suck bad enough and they get Bryce Young because people get scared off by Bryce Young being five foot eleven and 200 pounds. Next, you got to get a head coach that has a little emotion too, I think. Frank Reich was awesome as the coordinator, the quarterback coach, pretty good head coach. But you need a co- you need a coach that they can, that can kind of rally. When how many times have the Colts started like one in five, two and four these last few years? Like they they basically are slugs out of the gate. It's like a dog taking a poop out of the gate. Then they rally once they figure it out. The guys that I look at, I think the this is assuming that Archie Mercy hasn't pissed off every coordinator and assistant coach in the NFL with this Jeff Saturday thing. Ideally. D'Amico Ryan's the defensive coordinator from the 49ers. That's that's the that's the home run if you could pull that off. Yeah. Familiar with the AFC South, rah-rah guy, steps right in as the 49ers defense coordinator, and they get better as soon as he steps in. He, he knows the X's and O's clearly. He befuddles all these quarterbacks. And on top of that, he's an emotional guy that I think getting a defensive coach will be beneficial because then you you will need to get an offensive coach then, which will is where we'll go to the offensive coordinator spot. The two guys that I ID that I think would be fantastic is I should actually also mention Eric Bieniemy is a good off a good head coach choice as well too. Don't want to overlook mm-hmm. that. I just at D'Amico Ryan. I have strike. my suspicions about him, but I'll go. I'll go in after we talk about this. Yeah, I think D'Amico Ryan's is. If I could have my win, I could hit a home run. That's the one I would want if I'm in Move charge. Foster, that's my dog, man. I love like, D'Amico Ryan. I've been handing a blank check over him, saying you write the numbers and we will make this work. Offensive coordinator wise, the perfect case scenario is we're going to dip into your Eagles. We're looking at the quarterback coach Brian Johnson. I, I, I know you don't like that. I know you don't like that. But you know what? You got Eric, you got Seriani from the Colts, and you know it's a fair trade at this. That point. was your fault for letting him go. But I think Jalen Hurts might try to fight the entire Colts organization. They try to take his boy from him. 
And I, you know, I agree. I don't blame him because of what he has done with Jalen Hurts. You've seen, you've blatantly seen the development with him as well to the way they have catered the it's, offense to the skill set. I've never seen a quarterback make jumps like Hurts year to year. It's actually, it's insane. I don't even want to know if like he stays for one more year, like Hurts could be like looking like Russell Wilson, 2015 level. Exactly. And arguably more and a better runner too. Cause when he runs, people go, people get hurt when they try and tackle him. Where Russell it's a Wilson, better teammate. Oh, we're, and he wears a he, and he wears a wristband too, so which Pete Carroll will tell us all about as well too. So who, who said that? Who, who said he's? I hate. I don't I'm the that, 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 ghost came from, that ghost was dead on. But they hit that one out of the park. So I think I like Brian Johnson as the offensive coordinator. If mm-hmm. not, Andrew Janico, I think would be a fun one. He's the quarterback cares quarterback coach for the Bears. The reason he stands out, he's been an offensive line coach, a receivers coach, and a quarterback coach. So he knows. Mm-hmm. He knows the intricacies. He's not just going to be like buddy buddy with one position. He can actually build through there. So there's another the th- guy you should consider though. But I didn't mean to cut you off. Is the the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions? That's what he's point. done with that offense is insane. Especially- I think when he tells Dan Campbell to shut the hell up and just turns <laughs> that like he makes he, Jared Goff looks like an like MVP candidate. Jared Goff again. They just can't yeah. stop anybody in defense. Exactly. You know that's a good one. Add him to the list too. I completely overlooked him because I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Normally, I start poaching, coaching, coaching candidates. I look at those higher, like those higher doing, those higher up teams. But that's a really you guys good actually one. go get him where the Eagles would probably like block you from going after Ben Johnson. <laughs> oh, I, I would. I wouldn't blame them. But I'm hoping somehow, just like dangle the care and he'll he'll come. I'm hoping as well too. That's that's me reaching. But anyway, I'm tired. Of you guys take this. <laughs> part part four is you. I don't want to say clear house, but you got to trade some of those veterans as well. To that defense is top ten, and you're still terrible. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You don't want to trade them, but like Stephon Gilmore has one more year on the deal. If you can get a third round pick for him, he's awesome. You don't. You're not going to draft somebody better than him, probably. But he's not going to do you any good, really, for the next couple of years that you're retooling. DeForest Buckner, you don't want to trade him, but if someone's willing to give you a one or a two, you really have to consider that as well, too. And just some of those other veterans, even Ryan Kelly at center, he's diminished so bad, like. You got to reach. You just got to look at some of those aging veterans and see if you can get something a year early as opposed to a year late. And then number five, the by the one I've been waiting for is bring Jeff Saturday back to the offensive line coach. He he's already basically said he's not expecting to be a head coach. So if he doesn't get the head coaching job, I don't think he'll be sour. But there mm-hmm. are the head coach, the offensive coach, now line coach for the Colts now is egregious. We have seen just goes straight ninety degrees down. It's obviously players first, but he clearly there's a communication issue. There's something missing there, so I think you bring in a Jeff Saturday and OG, who could, for lack of a better, rally everybody up with D'Amico Ryan. So, I'll get, I'll get your thoughts now. That was a five part plan. It was a bit long winded. I appreciate anyone who did stick through that, especially because I no, started. That was, that was but, perfect. So, what the biggest thing you called to me one? I don't think the Col- the Colts' their biggest problem is is their owner. He's not at Jerry Jones, Al Davis on the back end level yet. Jerry Jones, in his in his wits, I gotta give him credit. He's let Steven kind of make some of these big trigger decisions, and it's what kept it's what's kept them out of the Al Davis territory. And we don't want the cult. The Colts are one of those organizations where like they've always kind of done things right. And Chris Ballard, I think, is one of those guys who can kind of steer the ship. One, you got to get a hard ass as a head coach. I don't like Eric Bieniemy. There's something he's doing wrong in these interviews. He's saying something wrong. He's doing something wrong. It's not because of his allegations from college. With the, the I think he was sexual assault or something like that. He did something wrong. He did something horrible at college in a, when he was at yeah, Colorado. I think, was, I think it was assault, like just normal assault. I think like oh, I assault, think it whatever it was. It was something. He, yeah. shit of, he did something horrible. Either way, I don't think it's because of that. That was almost thirty years ago now. 
over 30 years ago. I'm not saying it was right, but I'm saying like a lot of NFL guys will kind of sweep down the rug. It's kind of how the league works. But he's doing something wrong in these interviews where he's not getting the job, where you have got guys that are getting higher than him or half as qualified. Two, I think you need to have a offense coordinator who's going to be able to have a run-first mentality. You have fucking Jonathan Taylor. And going at a guy like Ben Johnson isn't going to work because Ben Johnson's going to lean quarterback. I think going at a guy like the coach from Detroit, who's not even an OC, he's a passing coordinator, would be perfect. Because this way, they have a pass for a run-first system that has passing, but it's integral through the running backs because they have Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. You guys have Jamal, you have uh, um, George, uh, yeah, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, and I guarantee you guys can go get a pass catching back like a Boston Scott free agency. It would not be hard. Or a Kenny Gainwell, I think, whose contract's up with Philadelphia at the end of the season. Either way, what I'm saying is, is that the Colts need to look at themselves and know, know what they do well and what they don't. Yeah, get rid of Gilmore, get rid of Buckner. I guarantee you dangle a carrot like that, Philadelphia will be like, all right, here's a second rounder. We'll take Buckner. We'll add him to our 15 defensive tackles. He'll play 17 snaps a game and rack up a Pro Bowl numbers. And, like, you know, we'll get a second rounder. Also, go get a deep threat. The fastest receiver they've had in the last 20 years not named Marvin Harrison was T.Y. Hilton. That's it. They haven't had a speed guy in years. I guess Garcon, but he was a big receiver more than a fast receiver. There are speedy guys in this draft. Go get one. And the thing is, at the end of the day, you need you have your two big guys. Develop Mo Ali Cox and uh, whoever the other big receiver, the, the big tight end, the oh, guy out of Virginia. Woods, yeah. The, the Woods, Woods, I love Jelani Woods. That yeah. man is a – I watched him body three Miami defenders into the end zone last year. And I was in shock. I'm like, it was like watching like something out of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, watching <laughs> this guy score a touchdown. I was like, what the sweet? I'm like, this guy's not human. <laughs> Utilize that stuff. Develop him. And yes, I love the bring back Jeff Saturday thing. He's a culture guy. Culture is huge. And right now the Colts culture is like, it's what the Eagles culture was five, 10 years ago. End of the Andy Reid era, pre-bad seasons, even Chip Kelly era if you want. Like they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be there but they're not going to finish. And that's the problem. Now you look at Philadelphia, they have their culture. Their culture is the dog mentality. You've got Jalen Hurts, that ringleader on that defense. You've got a bunch of dudes who are going to make a play, whether it's Slay, CJ, Fletcher Cox, shit, James Bradbury. You you name a player on that team. They're all a bunch of dudes who are going to knock you out if, you, if you're not careful. But that's their culture. Miles Sanders literally ran like stiff on three guys on a run on Thursday. <laughs> Kyle Brent, where you at? All I'm saying is you gotta admit, you gotta have a culture, and I think that's one thing the Colts are missing. They, I like they have this very like almost like it's still like the Peyton Manning culture where it's very suit and tie, very corporate, but they have a a billionaire hippie as their owner. <laughs> they gotta pick a lane. Like, Jeffrey Lurie has no footprint on that team besides writing the checks and speaking at the parade. That that team's defense is Howie Roseman, who is the ringleader of that freaking wild circus they call a team. But it works because Sirianni is just as nuts as every other player on that roster. It's same thing with the Belichick Patriots teams. They had an identity. They stuck with those Harbaugh Ravens teams with the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, those guys. You go to the... Um, 
oh, shit. You go go to the Belichick, the, the Tom Coughlin Giants teams. Rush the passer, run the football, force turnovers. Don't play stupid. Don't play stupid on offense. A team identity, I think, is the one thing you did miss is that they have to establish their culture, their identity, and roll with it. And good, yes, I cut you off. Here. Yeah, you're good. And I will say this: you guys are not the most fucked team in football. Excuse oh. my language. That is the Las Vegas Raiders. I oh, yeah, seriously they're... don't know what the hell they're doing. I feel horrible for Derek Carr, Devontae Williams, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, and I think Sidney Jones, who just became a Raider as of like an hour ago. Um, <laughs> shout out to my former Eagle. Josh McDaniels may be the worst head coaching hire of all time. So you know what? Yes. Frank Reich may have not. Frank Reich is like is the offensive Rex Ryan. He's a great OC. He can't co- He can't be head coach. Dan Campbell can be a head coach, but he can never be a coordinator. Belichick was a good coordinator, but he's a better head coach. Sirianni was a good coordinator. He's a better head coach. You have to understand there's guys who have that gene. I think Frank Reich took the job. He honestly would have been better off staying under staying with Doug Peterson like a Thelma and Louise kind of thing and riding off in the sunset together. Frank will probably be the OC in Jacksonville next year. Really, yeah. Another guy you should look into for quarterbacks is John or OC is John Filippo. That's a good, yeah. Yeah, he's been out of football for a little bit, but he's probably hanging around Doug Peterson's house somewhere. So <laughs> probably like he's like, Doug, can I come out of the basement? No, you stay there until we need you. You wait. The, the, the big red button, you wait. Yeah, you the wait one. until we need you, John. You need to resurrect Nick Foles. We'll do it. And the other thing is, just say chuck it in the fucking bucket and put Nick Foles in. It'll sell tickets. He's going to win you a few games. Or stick with Ellinger and piss off your entire fan base. But you need to make sure you're getting a top five pick. Because right now you're looking at Philadelphia is getting a top five pick because of New Orleans. Thanks, New Orleans. Um, you have Houston. Even though I think Houston's going to play their way out of it. I think they're, they're really going to be a back end of the top five pick because they – Listen, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, like, Houston is not a one-loss team. I watched them live on Thursday. Yes, it was Thursday Night Football. We'll talk about this in a minute. But Houston's not a one-loss team. They play a lot better than that. They'll get the four. They might get to five or six wins. They might catch a couple teams off guard. But what is crazy to me is the Raiders will definitely have – I think the Raiders will have a top three pick. Oh, yeah. The rate they're going, 100%. And I think they're going to get Stroud or Levis, Stroud, Levis, or Young. I saw, I think SI did a mock draft this morning. They had to take Will Anderson. I'm like, they're not stupid. They will not take a pass rusher when they can go get a quarterback to replace Carr. Because I guarantee if they keep McDaniels, they're going to go get a quarterback. Even I think McDaniels doesn't deserve to play a coach another snap. I think he's no. the worst head coaching hire I've seen in years. They should go call Sal Pasaccia and <laughs> pray on their knees they'll come back. Because Paisan needs to coach. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. They did him dirty after what he does. I forgot. Part six of the plan is you might have to replace, replace Chris Ballard. You have to talk to him because he is, he's literally said, I'm going with the quarterback carousel because I'm scared to miss on a quarterback, basically, because mm-hmm. he's scared to draft one. And you hit on Darius Leonard. No one saw it coming. You grab Braden Smith, but there's been a lot of misses in there, too. There's been a lot of wild swings. So not saying you have to get rid of him, but he's on really thin ice, depending on what happens down the rest of the season as well, too. Really thin ice. And in that case, go get Lewis Riddick. Go just at that point, why not? Just go just go all in for the ESPN at that point. But that was gonna do it for our tip-off segment as well, too. Next, we're gonna head into our main event and our main event, of course, brought to you by, by our friends over at Manscaped. And you haven't heard yet, Manscaped is the premier company for men's grooming and hygiene products. Right now, if you go over there, use code Hilo Sports to get yourself 20% off on any of their products as well, too. Deodorant, soap, shampoo lawnmower anything you could think of they got it for you free shipping in a lot of areas and it is almost holiday season you got to get yourself some nice stocking stuff for gifts as well as we head into that season or last minute gifts because we know there's the people that have their birthdays right around christmas time got to get them a nice birth miss gift as well too and i would do want to mention too right here we got the nose hair trimmer that they sent us as well too quick bam bam weed whacker see in a matter of less than two seconds before i can even say weed whacker my nose hairs are now under control so if I have a nice time out with the special lady or I just want to be in public and not look like a homeless guy, now my nose hairs are clean and you can get the ears in less amount of time than it took me to read this. So head over to manscaped.com, use code HILOSPORTS, get yourself a nice little discount there as well too into the holiday season. And Jared, we're going to head now into the main event where we're going to recap a bit of a wild weekend here in sports. We're going to start in college football a little bit. I'm just going to go right into the big one, Tennessee and Georgia. And well, there's no debate now who's number who's going to be who's the number one team in the country and Frankly, it feels like it's not even close at this point. I really hope I'm right about this because it's a lot easier to say, hey, George is the best team in football than Alabama. And I love Alabama fans. They are, they've been so nice to me. Gump Twitter has been great to me. But I understand from an outside perspective, they're freaking annoying. And here's the thing. We witnessed Georgia thump Tennessee. And I watched that Tennessee-Alabama game. Alabama was on the ropes the entire game. It wasn't like they caught a couple lucky breaks, like like the uh, kick six or whatever, or like with Auburn, like that. No, this was a handling, and they Alabama hung in the game. Alabama gave them all they got, and Hinden Hooker had one more throw in him. With Georgia, oh my god, it, it looked like an NFL. It looked like what Eagles Texans should have looked like, like a thumping. Like Hinden Hooker looked lost. He looked beat up. I watched probably two. I probably watched half that game in and out from doing like various things, cooking, whatever. Mentally prepping myself for the disappointment that is Miami, Florida State. <laughs> We're not talking about that game. I refuse okay. to. I will, I will leave this show. Um, <laughs> I'm still not okay with it. I will say this. <clears throat> Dude, Tennessee is a good team, but Georgia's defense, there's something different. Like, they locked and loaded and replaced guys. Everyone talks about Alabama reloading. Georgia reloaded. 
Like they may have some guys who are better than Jordan Davis and Trayvon Walker on that defense. Ironically, the two guys who were the biggest hype on that defense are the ones who actually are playing well. I honestly think that Kobe Dean would be on his way to defensive rookie of the year if TJ Edwards wasn't having a Pro Bowl season and starting over him. Mm-hmm. Shit happens. So it's okay. He's a free agent. Dean will be our starting middle linebacker next year. Anyway, like this new kid that got a D tackle, he's nasty. The corners are nasty. They're edge rushers. Everyone on that defense. And it's like I just see a conveyor belt of first, second, third round picks coming out of that defense. I'm like, it's been this for four years now. We've been seeing Georgia guys go first, second, third round every year for the best four or five years. Kirby Smart is just building pro prospects at a conveyor belt level. And I don't know what it is about Stetson Bennett. He, did he pay off a voo woman or something? <laughs> this man th- makes dime throws that are out of like Madden Ultimate Team, like 100%, no difficulty, like slinging it between three defenders. And I am like blown away watching him on tape because it makes no sense. This guy looks like the dude who gets wasted before a um a beer league flag football game, hmm. and is just delivering rockets into the into double coverage and they're hitting. And I just can't believe it. So my honest guy thing is, they're on a mission from God to repeat, and nobody's stopping them. That's Georgia. That's all I got. I was. I want to hit back to what you said. Last year they have they basically ran the draft last year with with those prospects that came out. This year they already got three guys that were that are for, probably first round picks, two that are probably top ten with Keeley Ringo and and Jalen Carter in the middle, and then Nolan Smith I think is just as good as Trayvon Walker and those guys that came out last year. He just plays more of a hybrid role where he sometimes stands up, sometimes plays edge, and has been a little banged up. So they got three guys that could easily go top ten already again this year, and that's just on the defensive side. Not even getting into some of the weeds and what as well. So. Built different is the only way you could describe them at this point. And I don't even know who could stop. I mean, Tennessee, we thought they got thumped. Alabama, we'll see. But I feel like they're they're in trouble, too. They don't have the firepower like that last year to make it competitive. Maybe Ohio State, but Ohio State doesn't really play good enough defense, I think. So even if they can find some spots, on the, I think they're still in trouble. Michigan, I don't even know. We're not even going to entertain that. Like, And we already saw what happens when they played Oregon. So I really don't know who – Stops them, let alone keeps it relatively close. I think the only hope is they do an Alabama like or a Georgia like collapse, where like a team sneaks in who shouldn't. I think Al- Ohio State has holes. I think they're the second best team in football. I think Ohio. I think Michigan's still a fraud. It's mm-hmm. it, it's like we're gonna talk about this in the NFL in about five minutes, right? But there's levels like the Billy Bean speech from Moneyball. There's levels to everything. There's about this to these X teams. Then there's Georgia way up here, 50 feet of shit in the rest of the top 25. And (laughs) right now that gap keeps getting farther and farther because they're just built differently. Alabama may finish with three losses because if they have to play them, oh my God, it's over. Just call it. Just just throw in the towel. Bryce Young might be dead. And honestly, no disrespect to Alabama fans, I am terrified because I think I actually root for Bama as an SEC team, because my friends are Alabama f- grads. <laughs> and I, I root for them. I will fully admit, that's why Kelsey gives me so much shit. <laughs> but I don't know what, like, I watch it. It's like watching a pro defense. Yep. Everyone's flying around making plays. It's not even fair. So I, I think they run the table. They're, I picked them to win the national title preseason. Actually, I picked Alabama. I said Georgia was going to be the runner-up. And I think I was wrong for the first time. I broke my winning streak. I had been on a streak of five straight years where I picked the national champion. I was wrong finally. 
I will say if they do play Alabama again, if Alabama's within 10 points, give Bryce Young the back-to-back Heisman. I don't care about the rest of the season. If he's able to stay within 10 with what that Alabama team has this year, it's Bryce Young's still awesome. They still have some good players, but they don't have Bama players, I guess, if that makes sense. Like their talent, the talent level's a little bit lower than it's been the last few years, and it's been Bryce Young save us all season. And then there's Will That running back they do have, uh, the dude with the dreads, whoever he is, the transfer, that that kid's a rocket. Yeah. Fast. Yeah, but, so like they have a little bit, they're just not quite the same. So if they play Alabama again and Alabama's able to keep it within 10, I'm giving Bryce Young the Heisman again. Like I don't care about anything else if he's able to stay within 10 of that defense. But speaking of Alabama, we're going to go talk about them because they had their hands full with a diff- with a different team this year week. They took on the LSU Tigers, and Brian Kelly, a t- I may not be the biggest fan of Brian Kelly because he's kind of a tool bag, but a tip of the hat to you and carrying your ball sack in a wheelbarrow for going for two there at the end Buffalo of that game. Buffalo Soldier! <laughs> I know. I, 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 think we got we had the exact same reference going through my head as well too. Randy Marsh for the win. What a what a huge upset! And for Brian Kelly too, you're in control of the West on the of the SEC West now. If I'm not mistaken, they're up on Alabama now as well. Yeah, they have they, the tiebreaker. I think they have because I think they only have one loss now too. Yeah, yeah, because they only have one out of their one of their losses out of conference. I think is Florida State, right? I believe so, because I think that was that first week of the season, if I'm not mistaken, and they've gone on a roll since then. So looking at LSU with Brian Kelly, do you think they could possibly have a chance? Obviously, we've already established they're not beating Georgia, but as far as just getting to the SEC championship game, what do you think their odds are basically running the table and getting to the rest of the way? I am looking at their schedule right now, and the thing about LSU is they don't do anything great. They remind me of that Jordan Jefferson team from a few years ago, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. They They have Arkansas this week. No pig suey. They're going to have a pig roast this week. Then they got UAB and AM. That's it. That's three That's wins. They run the table. I think AM's AM's dog water, which makes Miami look even fucking worse. Don't want to talk about that. UAB is hammered <laughs> shit, too. Arkansas was the biggest bust, I think, of this year. I'm looking at the SEC West right now. Ole Miss is behind them. It's not even Alabama, it's Ole Miss. So. In conference right now, you have Ole Miss is 4-1, Alabama's 4-2. Ole Miss down the stretch, I believe, for the last three games, has Alabama. That's a loss. I think Nick Saban's going to take out his revenge. Mm-hmm. One thing about Nick Saban, he's better than Belichick on back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. Then Ole Miss is Arkansas and Mississippi State. Mississippi State may give him some trouble. I see 2-1 and one out the gate. Bama, this is where it gets fun here. Bama goes Ole Miss. Austin P, then Auburn. Jesus, Nick Saban never misses on that last <laughs> World game before the Iron Bowl. If Alabama, if if LSU wins out, they win. They win this thing. They are going to the SEC Championship. They will take on Georgia. It'll be it the most. I think every Alabama fan's head's gonna melt. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, I just you know LSU. If it, it's just if Brian Kelly can keep the ship right. That's it. That's what it really comes down to. So I think they do run the table. I think it is LSU Georgia's SEC championship game to lose. 100%. And granted, of course, that kind of sucks. Like, here's your consolation prize you get to deal with Georgia in your first year. But still, the one-year turnaround Brian Kelly's had has been tip of the cap yeah. to the man as well, too. 
a good head coach, kind of a kind of a dick bag, but at the same hand, a tip of the hat because everywhere he goes, he finds a way murder to win. A child, murder kid, but you know it's all good. Yeah, well, well I, yeah, that too. Okay, I wasn't gonna go that far, but yeah, that that too as well. He's listen. If just, I didn't say that at least once on the show, I think Kevin would disown me as his friend. So I have that's to say fair. that. You know, you know, I touche as well too. I, I game respects game at this point, and we're gonna we're gonna stop talking about him because I I kind of forgot about that. I was just thinking about how he's a dickhead, but yeah, there's there's that too. But so LSU. Congratulations. Looks like you're going to the SEC championship game. A team that's a disappointment, to say at least. How about Notre Dame and Clemson? I, I, mean, I, I hate to agree Clemson it. was a little overrated, but <clears throat> I didn't really see that coming. Here's the thing about Clemson. It was – when I look at Clemson's game, they have been a series of ref bails them out, lucky play, lucky bounce the past two seasons. DJ Ungalangalele, I hope I pronounced that right, butchered <laughs> it probably – is the worst quarterback they've had since pre-Taj Boyd. Yeah, really. Kelly Bryant was a better quarterback. Kelly Bryant at least could deliver the ball on time and actually could read a coverage. This rookie, this sophomore of theirs must be not ready because Dabo wouldn't be risking his picture-perfect winning percentage and losing to a horrible Notre Dame team under Marcus Freeman for this. And it's really ballsy right now after what I just witnessed last week. But, like, I am not as scared of Clemson now when they play Miami in two weeks as I was before. Everyone's like, why not? I'm like, because they're wounded. They literally beat, like, Syracuse, a horrible team. Syracuse is not a ranked ACC team. That was the committee saying, hey, we need to put at least one more ACC team in to make the ESPN happy. And they put Cuse in. Then Cuse gets lucky eats their own hype and literally has the roughs bail Clemson out and anybody and I hate getting all tinfoil hat here but as an ACC fan we've witnessed Clemson get bailed out every year by the refs and by the schedule guys and by the conference itself they are the darling in the ACC and they couldn't protect them against Notre Dame and I hate Notre Dame I hate Clemson but Clemson did God's work no pun intended they showed the country how overrated Clemson really is. Clemson dropped to number 10 in the rankings, which is a joke, which is a fucking joke. Clemson now has Louisville, then Miami, then South Carolina. They could easily win out and still make the playoff or be the first team out, or they could probably thump Cle- uh, Louisville play a tight game against Miami right now. The game, the line's minus 18. I'm putting like 20 bucks on Miami <laughs> be, to cover because fuck it. That's why. <laughs> and two, because I just, this Clemson team, man, they're not good. They have a great pass rush. Congratulations. Their the quarterback's trash. You've got, they you got draft team. picks there, but your offense is you're all, you're playing with two arms tied behind your back on offense. Oh, yeah. We could go on for mi- miles about this Clemson team. I'll finish it on this. Cause I know we still got to <laughs> talk pro ball, <laughs> but. It's been a long time coming. Clemson's been biting their time. Dabo sold his soul to the devil like 10 years ago. He's coming to collect. That's what it is. College football has a weird way of cycling out the old. And here comes the site. Here comes the shovel, man. It's taking Clemson and possibly Bama with him. The Grim Reaper's knocking on the door now, and the scythe is crawling through the door. So time unless- is undefeated, baby. It's what happens. Unless that sophomore ends up being Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson when they plug him in as well, too. His name eludes me and plays like he did in that second half against Syracuse. But the rest of the way, good good luck, Clemson. It looks like the, the 
and it's not no longer tigers and tigers and tigers. It looks like it's going to get mixed up as well too. So that'll be that'll be up for college. Well, as you mentioned, we got to go to the pro game as well. Too, so there are some interesting games. We're going to start on Thursday though, because I want to go with you since you are the Eagles fan here and you are a guest. We're going to talk about that one, which the Eagles win comfortably. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But at the same time, it was uncomfortable how close it was throughout, at least when I was looking. I was like, why is this tied at halftime? What is why is Davis Mills throwing dimes? What's going on here? What's your takeaway from that as the Eagles fan and this the, basically the king of Broad Street? One, the Eagles should offer Jordan Davis a lifetime contract to play for Philadelphia for the rest of his career. That man is so missing that line of scrimmage because he is a double team buster, even better than like young Fletcher Cox because he's more explosive. Cox will always be, a, I, I think, is just one of the greatest run stopping D tackles of all time, but. Jordan Davis is like taking up that mantle. And when the two of them are in the same field, the Eagles, you could run on them. Also, Damian Pierce should be rookie of the year over Kenneth Walker. I don't want to hear this slander. How Kenneth Walker has had a great stretch of games. Florida. What? How crazy is it he didn't even really start at Florida and never got like seven? And I hate the University of Florida for obvious college reasons, but I, real <laughs> respect, real. Yeah, exactly. Damian Pierce runs like an angry. Well, he I, I'm gonna call him Micro Henry. This man runs like you know, you know what you know what he is? He and um Ramondre Stevenson are the same type of running back. They run angry, they are explosive, and they just get downhill. And Davis Mills is not a bad quarterback. I've been banging the drum for Dougie Davis long neck mills for years. I think this kid is going to be a special quarterback to Houston. I don't think Houston takes a quarterback in the draft this year. I think they go with Mills because Mills has played great with the limited weapons he's had. I think the Texans aren't stupid. They see what they have in Davis Mills. I think he's not a one, two-year strategy. He is a three, four-year. Yes, he makes bad reads. That Chauncey Gardner-Johnson interception was horrible. But you know what? That's what happens when the Eagles pass or starts getting home, man. It's it's not an if, it's a when they start getting through. With this game, though, one, it's Thursday. Thursday games are always fucking screwy. They always oh. have been. I apologize for my cursing, but it's it's, a- they're always screwy. Every, Every time, time, there's always something that goes weird with a Thursday night game. And Philadelphia coming off of a ass-kicking of Pittsburgh was a little cocky, a little big for their britches. This was a game they were supposed to lose. Jalen Hurts rallies the troops. A.J. Brown is a top, arguably almost a top five receiver in my book. Does what AJ does what AJ Brown does gets open top five tight end Dallas Goddard gets open dominates the game Miles Sanders back to top ten running back top ten top fifteen running back form dude just once they got Sanders going it was over I think the Eagles got too cocky after the Pittsburgh games and hey let's try to sling the rock around let's try to get our guys some stats and the Texans actually have a good secondary and Lovey Smith like shocking, shocking right <laughs> yeah they have a good secondary. And the Eagles were like, oh, shit, this isn't Pittsburgh where there's a bunch of, like, guys in practice tees trying to cover mm. pro receivers. These are actually real NFL corners. And Lovey Smith's defenses have always caused turnovers. Mm-hmm. So 
And they got lucky with the interception that was out of bounds, too. So what I'll say about this game is the Eagles got they 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 righted the ship, they won the game. I have a take for our end of this end of the show, obviously, about the Eagles schedule um, and all those critics. But I will say this the Eagles played great in the second half. They scored points. They did what they're supposed to do. They woke up. They said, F this. They did what a winning championship level team does. They rally. They adjust. They win. It, it's that game in the second half. The vibe was different. I was like, okay, this is Philly. Oh, we're back. Because I'm like, at halftime, I'm getting a little tense. I'm like, oh, what's going on, guys? And then, you know, at halftime, I watched the Eagles march right down the field score. I'm like, okay. I watched the sacks start piling up. I watched CJ Gardner Johnson pick off. Mills, I'm like, yep, okay, we're back. Never mind. Everything's status quo. We're good now as well. And before you leave this game, you did mention Houston. How we kind of talked about they're an underrated team, and like they're not the worst team in the league. DJ, they could easily win five, six games. Oh, I I have the Giants. I have the Giants upset alert this week. Realistically, yeah, they can protect. I mean, listen, if you all come on the show tomorrow and pick this game with me, (laughs) because we're we're, we got a slot open. I'll openly invite you in front of everyone right now. I don't know what you and your girlfriend got to do tomorrow. Have a date tomorrow or something. But we're clear tomorrow. So I'll, I'll, oh, there I'll, we go. Cool. All Two right. Two straight days with me. All right, I got a date with you now, so that'll be perfect. There we go. Me and Maddie have a date with DJ. Perfect. <laughs> but here's the deal, right? I looked at the schedule where you were talking about Tennessee and Georgia. I was curious. They have five. They have like all their games except for like one or two are winnable. I think Dallas are going to lose, obviously, yeah. unless Dak Prescott is one of those Dak Prescott games. But there's like four to five winnable games down the stretch. And if this team keeps improving the way they're improving, if they get Brandon Cooks' dumb ass back on the field, hmm. they may actually be a dangerous team. So my biggest thing about the Texans is Lovey Smith is the training wheels for Josh McCown. We all have seen it. We know what's happening. I think McCown is going to be the perfect head coach. I watched that man handle Carson Wentz and check at the door for two, a year and a half. That man was a saint in Philadelphia. I love Josh McCown. I think Davis Mills is going to be a franchise level quarterback. I think he, you know what I think he is? He is a he is a more athletic Matt Ryan. Yeah. At his ceiling. More uh, athletic yeah. Matt Ryan. Yeah. A little better arm, a little more mobile, but that that type. A little he's less not a top, he's not a top five, top eight quarterback, but he could be that guy sniffing the back end of the top ten within the year or so. I think Mills got screwed last year. Badly. Badly. And still by the end of the season looked decent. This year, I'm like watching him. I'm like, it's like night and because I got to watch him in his first start against Carolina. It's the game where Christian McCaffrey's hamstring basically snapped out of his leg. I watched that game like, okay, this Mills kick can sling the rock. And then I watched him against my Eagles, who I think have the best secondary in football, at least the most cohesive. And I was like, oh, he's not missing. Oh, he's making the right reads. He's not rattled by that that pass rush. I was like, okay, so this kid's going to be nasty in about two years. The key is, is are the Texans going to hold off, go get a Will Anderson or a tackle, or that Clemens kid out of Georgia or out of Cle- out of Cle- I think it's Clemson out of Clemson, Clemens out of Clemson, which is awesome for a name namesake, right? Whoever the address is at Clemson, or go get that cornerback out of uh, Georgia, Ringo. Ringo, him, by and the way. St- him and Stingley as the two corners, Lord. Oh my God! Or like I'm listening. I'm hoping Philadelphia goes and gets him at four or five if they can't get <laughs> Anderson and him and Darius Slay, or him and Bradbury, or him and Max. I don't care. <laughs> the thing is, Houston has options if Davis Mills keeps succeeding. Damien Pierce was the perfect pick. 
because now you have a running back to grow with your quarterback. You have an offensive line to grow with your quarterback. Yes, Khalil Green got his ass whooped by Javon Hargrave, but there's about four or five guards in this league who I would actually take in a one-on-one over Hargrave. And that's and on their good days. On their bad days, Javon's going to get him. He's like the most underrated D-tackle in the league. That man is a monster. And on top of so, that, too, depending on how the Browns finish out, the Texans might have two top ten picks with that as well, too, in the first round because of the Watson trade. So they oh, could trade the up or they could even trade back. So if they pick at three, they could sling back and be loading up. Upset pick, by the way. Week 12 or week 13. Texans, um, um, Browns. Deshaun's um, first game playing in two years. Give me Houston on upset right now. Ooh. Book it. Throw that money down. You know why? Houston's coming in after a, a couple rough games. They've been playing tough. They played the best team in football record-wise. Down to the wire. They're going to come in. They're going to see that that masseuse-loving jackass and want to just get at him. And nothing would make the McNair family happier. They probably like put a, like a, a, a payment system up hmm. for Lovey Smith. Hey, guys, listen. No bounties out here, but you score touchdowns, you get more money. You 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 pick off Deshaun Watson, you sack him, more money. Like I think, like it, it, the amount of hatred that organization has for Watson, and the fact that they can add another loss to that like already amazing bounty of draft picks. Also, DJ, the draft picks they're bringing in. I looked at the total draft picks that are coming in over the next five years. Oh my god, the Texans could be a like. A perennial powerhouse if they just manage it right. They have the running back. They're starting to have the offensive and defensive pieces. And if Davis Mills keeps progressing, this team is going to be like Atlanta 2012, I mean 2010 through 2017, where they make the playoffs almost every year, minus the Camden year, obviously, but where they're a perennial playoff team and they have a shot at winning a Super Bowl. I'll know. I'll change up. You know what? They're the Packers from 2011 through 2008-19, where they're going to be a perennial powerhouse in their division. Because I'm sorry, the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think need to get rid of Lawrence. I could go on an hour rant about how that man's a bust mm. or going to be. I think He's the best quarterback Simmons. class, I think the only good quarterbacks in that class are Wilson and Fields. Everyone else in that class is a bust. Mac Wilson, right? Oh, wait, that's Mac Jones. Zach Wilson. I like Zach Wilson a lot because I like his ballsiness. I like the fact that kid will rip a rock into double coverage and hit a target. I like the fact that kid can drop back and let it go. I think Mac Jones, who is a good quarterback, went to the worst situation possible. I think if Mac Jones went to San Francisco, oh, sweet Lord, he'd be a, he'd be a, a pro bowl already. A real pro I think, unfortunately, for Patriots fans, wrong place, wrong time, right fit, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Like so. Yeah, exactly. With that being said, your Colts. I don't know how long it's to take them to blow that shit up. We're just so gonna put the Texans have cross. this weird opportunity where they can take all this pain that Deshaun Watson caused them and do a Howie Roseman one year flip if they can pull this off. And I believe they have a Patriots guy running the shit, running the show. Right? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure off the top of my head. I'd have to look at that, but I do believe. I, no, right. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But I know he's a he's a Patriots front office guy. Was it Lombardi or not Lombardi? No, something Italian sounding. Not Lombardi. We'll have to, we'll have to look that up. We'll definitely yeah, have to look, I, that, I, up. Like, you, we'll look that up. But I I swear, I'm telling you right now, I know we're running out, almost running out of time, but like I'm telling you right now, this dude is that dude. 
I think this cult, this Texans team is that next team where everyone's like, oh shit. Like they built their prospects up and they're back. Like look out everybody else as well too. And you have mm-hmm. Lovey Smith leading the way. I hope they keep him around. I hope it's not just a placeholder. It is, but I, I really hope stereo, that's what it was. Okay. There we go. That's, that was going to bug us. But real quickly, the one other game we wanted to touch on, we'll do this really quickly. Miami and Chicago. There's no such thing as a good loss, but if you're Chicago, you don't feel too bad that you almost won a shootout against the, the Miami Dolphins when you just trade away your two best defensive players mm-hmm. and you gave up a blocked punt on top for a touchdown as that as well, too. If you're Chicago, you got to be feeling kind of decent in the back of your head. And it's like a missing P.I. call to get the win, too. That's, like, Yeah. Listen, Justin Fields, that was his coming out game. Like Everyone talks about how like Jalen Hurts had that coming out game against Arizona a few years ago. This was Justin Fields. Like, oh, it finally clicked. Everything's looking like it's on point. I think Chase Claypool is the perfect receiver for Justin Fields. Perfect. Fast, explosive, big, wants the ball every play. Listen, Darnell Mooney is a good receiver, but Darnell Mooney is not a number one receiver. He's a good two. Really, Chase good Claypool has one potential. He has to round out the game, but he has every physical trait you could ask where Eddie's 24 years old. And he has a nose for the end zone when you give him the ball, too. And he's just, he's so big and fast, man. He's, I mean, he scored 10 touchdowns as a rookie when he had a quarterback that would throw the ball to him down the field. Since that yeah, point, exactly. he hasn't had it. And if he stays off TikTok, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. I think, I haven't seen any of his TikToks on my For You page since the Dwayne Haskins one. So I think he's been okay so far. That explains but, the upward trajectory we're seeing from him right now as well, too. Cool. But that'll, that'll do it for our main event. We're not going to head into mm-hmm. crunch time here where we like to spend a little bit of time, maybe a rant, a ranking, a recap, or a really hot take. And Jared, as the guest of honor, lead the way, sir. I know you got something kind of steamy to drop. We talked so much today about the Colts, and it was perfect. We spent a half hour on your team. It was honestly kind of nice. I feel bad. We ran so long today about that. We barely talked to any Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Seattle Seahawks. And this proves to me my theory all along. Russell Wilson is the most overrated quarterback in football. Not only are they clapping from here. <laughs> all right, here we go. Um, I love Geno Smith. I loved him in college. I thought this kid was going to be the next big thing. He got hosed. This should tell you. Quarterbacks are not bad if they get effed over by a system. Geno Smith got hosed. That's my first point. Shout out to Geno. And also Kenneth Walker was a perfect draft pick for them. Fantastic. Two. The Eagles' schedule is not bad, okay? They are the 10th hardest schedule in football this year, so far and going forward. They are winning games handily. The only game that was in question was Arizona, and they played like shit that game, and they probably should have lost, but good teams finish ball games. I will say this right now. Are the Eagles good enough to beat the the, uh, Chiefs? I don't know. Are they good enough to beat the Bills after what I saw on Sunday against the Jets? I think the Eagles could go toe-to-toe with Buffalo. Especially if Josh Allen's banged up, too. Especially if the Eagles run the ball like they did with Josh, uh, uh, James Robinson and Michael Carter. Hey, listen, guys, before you start coming at the guys at the top of the key, Bears fans, Cowboys fans, beat us first. But I digress. (laughs) DJ Forger, sorry about that. Hey, no worries. I'm glad. But before we get out of here, go and tell everybody where they can find you at on socials as well as when your show is and everything as well to give you a quick plug. If you want to hear me keep ranting like a half for the entire hour, never let DJ get a word in edgewise, we are at Corner Booth Pod. You can follow me at Corner Booth Jared or Belly Up Jared, depending on social media. Either way, you'll find me. Um, we have a live show tomorrow, of course, on YouTube at 7 o'clock. It's our pregame show for Thursday Night Football and for the weekend itself. DJ, of course, will be guest hosting, possibly also Mookie from Crafter Sports. Uh, also, check out our TikTok. Our boy Matt kills it on that at Corner Booth Pod. 
Absolutely cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jared. We appreciate you joining us as well. It is always a pleasure. Kelsey will be back with us next week as well, too. We thank you all for do- hanging out with us this evening or listening to us on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Once again, code HILOSports at manscaped.com. Get yourself 20% off and fill those stockings up with some nice gifts, too. And you know what? Maybe just get us a subtle gift saying that that special someone in your life has some hygiene issues and needs a nice way to do it in a cheap way. So thank you all for joining us. We'll see you guys again next week. Peace. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.